We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. AM 630 KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Hello and welcome once again to uh, this time, this is program, uh, where we are featuring the uh, local church. This is the Church of the Week program. I am your host, uh, Mark Longoria. And here with me today, we are featuring uh, Crossroads Baptist Church with Senior Pastor Dr. Doug Deal. Doctor, thank you so much for being here with us. It's good to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. You know, we just want to make sure that people know that there are some awesome churches around in our local community. And uh, in, in this particular case, we want them to know that you are around, that we want them to know a little bit about your background. So why don't we start out with you? Why don't you tell us a little bit about who Doug Deal is? What's the deal? All right. What's the deal? Well, I was born and raised in uh, northeast Oklahoma in a little town called Sepulpa, Oklahoma. Uh, fortunately, my parents were both believers, uh, active in our church. My dad was a deacon. Both of them sang in the church choir. You know, it was just a, it was a great upbringing mm-hmm. and a great opportunity to be a part of a really fine church. And uh, along the way, I experienced uh, a call to ministry and uh, made progress in that call and uh, eventually went on to uh, train at Oklahoma Baptist University and Southwestern Baptist Seminary in Fort Worth um, and pursued both my Master's of Divinity and my Ph.D. there at Southwestern. Uh, but all of that coming from uh, northeast Oklahoma, and uh, I just consider it North Texas now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how does this come about for you? Is it just one day you just have this like, grand idea? Does God speak to you? Was this instilled in you that one day you would be a pastor? How does that happen? Well, um, I really had full intentions all the way through uh, through high school of, or through part of my high school of, of not of going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't intending to do that. In fact, um, I was a trumpet player in high school, still play, but uh, kind of thought maybe that was fun for me and something I loved, and maybe my uh, life pursuit would be something to do with my music and mm-hmm. trumpet playing. But in the middle of my 11th grade year, when I was uh, really trying to pursue my relationship to the Lord, uh, I went to a, uh, a revival service that our youth minister was leading, and he, he wanted me to give my testimony that night. And I remember this. It's only probably one of two or three times in my life when uh, the speaking of God to my heart was so clear that it felt like he was actually verbally speaking to me. I don't know how to describe it mm-hmm. exactly. I have lots of occasions in my life where I sense the Lord's leadership, but yeah. only a few where there was just an unmistakable, uh, almost clear word from the Lord. Yeah. And uh, at that service, I heard him saying that he was calling me to be a wow. pastor. And so that was in the middle of my 11th grade year. And from that point forward, really, my path changed. And I uh, 
I knew where I was headed for college and for seminary. Uh, in those days, it was a pretty clear path. Now there are lots of other options, I suppose, available to, to mm-hmm. folks, but that's kind of how we thought. We Baptist boys back then yeah. and uh, in Oklahoma. You go to OBU, and then you go on to Southwestern Seminary. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's what I did. Yeah. And uh, So you just took graduate. it on. You just took it on and said, okay, yes, Lord, my answer is yes, and I'm doing this. Yeah, I really did. I really did. I was. Um, uh, it was so clear. And, uh, you know, for me, that's been good because mm-hmm. when you uh, – uh, whenever you have – you know, challenges or difficulties along the way. It's really good to be able to look back to something where you can say, you know what, I know that this is what God has called me to. And um, uh, there's never been any, th- been any thought of turning back or turning in a different direction what because you, of that clear calling. Yeah. What are your words of advice for um, that 11th grader or someone? Uh, no, let's, let's not say the 11th grader right now, but let's say someone that, that, that now is an adult and they said, you know what, I had that that moment when God spoke to me when I was seven, when I was 15, when I was whatever. I was a, I was a young boy, and uh, God spoke to me, and I really haven't done anything with it, and it hasn't left me. It's in the back of my – it's in the back file somewhere back there. Uh, what, what would you say to encourage them to, to pursue that? Well, I think the first thing I would say is that if you sense a clear call from the Lord uh, or you sense that there was one at some point in your life, and for whatever reason you uh, didn't choose to pursue it, uh, I think the first thing to do would be to – to visit with your pastor, with whoever your uh, particular mentor, leader is mm-hmm. in, in your congregation, whether it's your senior pastor, or youth pastor, or whoever you're close to, mm-hmm. and get their advice first. Um, even when, when I felt that call, uh, my first uh, direction, really, uh, and encouragement and advice came from my my local pastor, leader yeah. of my congregation. And uh, there are so many opportunities now with, uh, with um, Internet courses available and multiple, multiple uh, uh, ministries and universities and seminaries. There are just so many options that there's no reason a person can't begin to pursue it. But the main thing is, you know, start where you are. Uh, I mean, if you can have great ministry right in your own local church, helping your pastor, leading a Sunday school class or a community group or getting involved in a mission uh, work of some kind, and uh, out of that, things can grow and and you can uh, achieve that calling even if you kind of left it dormant for a while. Awesome. Well, speaking of the local church, uh, you are pastoring over at Crossroads Baptist Church. Uh, Tell us how how along the way you ended up at Crossroads. Okay. Um, I began to serve pretty quickly. Matter of fact, my home church was very kind and uh, invited me to become the student minister, the youth pastor, when mm-hmm. our uh, youth pastor left. And I was only 19 years old. I was just in my second year of wow. college. It was a church that ran about 600 in worship, about mm-hmm. 100 in the youth division uh, in our Bible study classes. And so it was a big job for me, but uh, I took it on while I was going to seminary and loved it. And I didn't I didn't know what to do except just do what the old youth minister had done. So mm-hmm. I just continued the ministry and was able to survive that. Finished school, went on to uh, – uh, seminary in Fort Worth and then back to serve in Oklahoma for three years as an associate pastor, mm-hmm. uh, came back to seminary to finish up my Ph.D. work and was called to North Euless Baptist Church. I was there for eight years, and at the end or near the end of that time, obviously, we were doing a church directory, and the uh, photographer for the church directory service happened to be a member of Crossroads Baptist Church in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell me anything. He didn't ask my permission. Uh, he just wrote down my name and phone number and brought it back to the uh, search committee of our church. Because Baptist churches, you know, call their own pastors. They're not appointed by, uh, uh, you know, denominational body. Mm-hmm. So he brought it back and he handed it to the uh, 
search committee chairman and said, hey, I, I ran across this guy in North Euless Baptist Church and mm-hmm. thought you might be interested in talking to him. So he kind of put it in his pocket and didn't think about it, but eventually sent me a request for resume. And at first I said no, and then, you know, we eventually talked again. And before you knew it, I was uh, being called as pastor of Crossroads Baptist Church, and that was 18 and a half years ago. So Crossroads has been around for a while, and you're, from what I understand, you're only the second. There's only, only been the, two yeah, pastors. Yeah, there's only been two pastors. Crossroads mm-hmm. has been around for about 35 years now, mm-hmm. and uh, and there was uh, one pastor that was there for 12, 13 years, mm-hmm. and then an interim pastor who happens to still be a member of our church, by the way. He did a great job, and, awesome. and uh, then I've been there for 18-plus years now. And I'm still very excited about it. Love the church, love yeah. the people, and uh, I've raised my family there. My wife uh, and, and our two boys are both now. Uh, well, one just graduated from UTSA, and the other one's a student at UTSA. All right. And so uh, this this been our home. This been our life for so, that many years. Tell me a little bit about the culture at uh, at Crossroads. What can someone expect when they walk in through the doors? Okay. Well, Crossroads is a uh, truly a multi generational church. Yeah. We have a we have a lot of kids. We have a lot of teenagers. We have a lot of middle adults. We have a lot of senior adults. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when you come in, as far as gender, as far as uh, ages, there it, it's really all across the spectrum. So there's a place for people to fit in. Great for the whole family. Yeah, yeah. and and because we're in San Antonio, uh, you know, there's multi ethnicity in our church, uh, and uh, really. Uh, at at every point along the way, it seems to me that we have some pretty good, strong ministry. We have great, uh, m- mostly lay leadership in our senior adult area, in our adult area. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a very strong youth ministry, a very strong children's ministry, in part because God has just brought us some exceptional uh, leaders really at every point along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have uh, a minister of music who has been, if you can believe this, has been at the church longer than me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's uh, like I don't, I think going on twenty two years. He's got or quite something. an education too. I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he was part time when I came. Uh, the church had kind of gone through some challenges, and uh, the uh, uh, interim pastor had done a great job to get the church ready mm-hmm. to. Uh, receive a new pastor, and we experienced some growth, and so we were able to uh, put our part-time music minister on full-time, and uh, we brought in, his name's Don Fellers, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, we brought next an associate pastor, Stuart Clark, and he's been at the church only one year less than me, so he's wow. working working on his 18th year, mm-hmm. and then we uh, added a, ch- a children's minister, uh, Pam Regal is our children's minister, and she's just She's got to be the best anywhere. Yeah. And the same thing could be said for our youth minister. Now, he's he's kind of the new kid on the block. He's only been there for a little bit over a year, uh, Andy Brown, although he has extensive experience in youth ministry and is yeah. just doing a f- fantastic job. He's just got to be the best. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're really excited about our staff and about uh, what a great job they do in supporting me and helping well, me. You're obviously doing something right if these folks are sticking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've been there for so many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's what they we like hope it. is. Yeah. That, we hope that's the truth. Yeah. So, uh, so Your congregation is growing. You've got uh, quite a quite a nice-sized congregation. You've got plenty of things going on. You've got a new construction, new building that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the growth that you've experienced at, uh, at Crossroads. Well, and uh, We've uh, in the years that I've been there, we've been we've pretty close to doubled. Now, over the last few years, we've kind of been uh, holding our own, mm-hmm. adding a little bit here and there, but largely we've been kind of uh, at the limits of our capacity, facility-wise. And so, uh, uh, 
something we had wanted to do for a long time is uh, add some space mm-hmm. so that we would have more options for fitting people in and, and also more options for ministry of other kinds. Reach out to the community. Yeah, yeah. and so we're building a new uh, building. It's um, it's The exterior is largely up now. There's still a little bit of work to do on that part of it, and then, of course, they'll start finishing it out. So we expect to be in that new building by uh, around the first of, of the new year. Mm-hmm. And it includes a gymnasium and uh, a coffee bar and some additional classrooms, and we have a lot of neat plans for the use of that building. Nice. Um, for pursuing our mission and accomplishing the things. So that, you got upward basketball and cheerleading coming up. Yeah, I got those. You got volleyball things. for uh-huh. different ages. Right. That's and awesome. Hope to start some men's basketball leagues. Yeah. Uh, already have that in the works too. Uh, uh, so we're we're positioning ourselves to do some new things for us. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, um, uh, tell our listeners about the mission. What what is the mission? Why why does Crossroads exist? Well, we have a kind of a, a simple mission statement that. Uh, really, I think, reflects the biblical mission for a church, and it simply states that we will love God and one and one another, mm-hmm. uh, reach others for Christ, and encourage growth in Christ-likeness. Yeah. So it kind of captures the, the great uh, commission and the great commandment, uh, great commandment, of course, loving God and loving one another, right. reaching others for Christ, the great commission, encouraging growth in Christ-likeness, the great commission, encouraging us not only to to baptize, but to teach them to observe all things. So um, that's uh, we we just have tried to kind of put all that in capsule form so that people can understand it and remember what we're about. And we really are trying hard to do those kinds of things. Um, There's uh, something that I saw on your website that really stuck out, and uh, it, it said, uh, "Crossroads is a disciple making fellowship." Uh-huh. I really uh-huh. like that because I think sometimes we get caught up in. Uh, well, I'm doing the Christian thing by being there Sunday morning and uh, let uh, hope people see me and that I'm recognized by the pastor. I was president and accounted for, you know, and we think we're doing our duty by being at the local church. And, of course, we're, we want people to be at the local church, but it goes beyond that. It's, uh, you as a pastor have been called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, exactly. to disciple them, to get them to work and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Tell me, how do you go about discipling those folks and getting them to be more than just a body on a seat? Well, I think we have uh, – you mean besides the great sermons, right? Yes, of course, (laughs) in addition to that. (laughs) Or maybe in spite of that, some people might say. Um, I think one of the things that we do well is we have uh, an exceptional Bible study program that we do on Sunday mornings, kind of the traditional approach uh, to Sunday school in Mm -hmm. a sense – but we, you know, when you look at the leadership of our Bible study program, you'll find a lot of people who have a long tenure there, just like I do with the church. Yeah. And so we, they're extremely competent and extremely capable of providing that uh, additional undergirding of teaching mm-hmm. ministry, along with fellowship and uh, personal relationships that are so important for a person when they're growing in Christ and uh, coming to experience him more completely uh, as they grow. And then we try to couple that with opportunities for people to be involved in ministry. I think that uh, really the the missing element a lot of times in discipleship is uh, people actually getting their hands dirty in yeah. ministry because that drives you back to the Scripture, that drives you back to prayer, that uh, causes you to think deeply about who you are and whether there is authenticity and integrity in the mm-hmm. work that you do for the Lord. And it's, it's just harder to serve the Lord and and not grow. It's harder to serve the Lord and allow yourself to be, um, you know, have a lack of integrity in your life. And mm-hmm. so what we need is, of course, for people to desire 
the opportunity to grow in their discipleship, and that makes it a lot easier for those yeah. of us who lead. So we have some neat opportunities and some coming where people can be involved in ministry in really meaningful ways. Cool. Very good. You've got, um, <clears throat> speaking of things that are coming up, uh, I saw that you have a trip to Moldova coming right. up uh, mm-hmm. in December, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. You guys uh, have been doing missions. You're going out. I know you have some local missions around the community as well as going out around the, uh, to the other side of the globe. So uh, why is it important for a church to do missions? I mean, isn't there just plenty to do here? Why, why, why go out to Moldova? Why go out to – I'm not coming against it. I'm just yeah, wanting you to yeah, educate. I understand. Yeah. I understand. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's always a good question because there is a lot of work to do right here. Yeah. And, and there are people who you know probably – could put together a convincing argument and say, you know, our responsibility is here. I just have never believed that because, first of all, I don't think that's what the Scripture says. Mm -hmm. The Bible doesn't uh, differentiate, really, when Jesus gave his commands to his disciples. uh, He said, you know, to Judea and uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right. And the fact is... um, we grow in Christ, and Christ uses us, I think, uh, sometimes in really special ways when we allow ourselves to be pushed outside of our comfort zone. Right. And so— But that's uh, so hard to do, Pastor. Yeah, well, It's so it hard is. to get out of our comfort zone because we're so busy. We've got, our, we've got a, a list that just seems never-ending. We're busy people. Why make time to go to Moldova? Why? What can you tell the folks to say, hey, you know what? If you're not connected to our church, connect to your church somewhere. Make the trip to Africa. Make the trip to wherever, Moldova, and and uh, and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. How, how can we get out of the mentality of, I don't have time. God knows if I had time, I would go. If I had the money, I'd go. But we just automatically sometimes just say we can't and we won't. Right. And right. that's our attitude. Right. And, it, you know, it's like anything else that's important in your life. Uh, when you care about it, when you decide that it's important, when it's something you're going to make important, you make a commitment to it. And then yeah. you get you do whatever you need to do to make it happen. Get it done. And uh, the, I guess the, the best way to describe the value of it would be if I could have some people in here with me to talk about how – Going on such a trip touch yeah. their life, but they don't need my people because they could, if they just go out and ask somebody who's done it before, what they'll find out is that it was the you know it would have been a trip of a lifetime for them. I mean, it really was out of our comfort zone. Uh, I my first trip to Moldova, I went with a group that was just kind of showing us how to do it, and uh, and I just learned a little bit about it. I went back the next year, and the next year that I was going back, about a month before we were to leave. Uh, was 9-11, 2001, mm. yeah. and uh, all of a sudden it was pretty scary. Matter of fact, I didn't even tell my church I was going back until a couple of day, a couple of weeks before mm. my departure because I didn't want them worrying and yeah. I didn't want them telling me, don't, don't go, go, don't yeah. go. I didn't, I didn't want to be sure. Uh, but because Moldova's uh, Eastern Europe, it's an, a former Soviet bloc country. Mm. It's uh, um, you know just a different kind of place to go, and we go work with some orphan kids over there. Can anybody go, or do they have to be part of your church? Well, they don't have to be part of our church. Um, we, of course, we've taken quite a few people, actually, that are not a part of our church, mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily Baptist. Uh, we obviously look for people who share our uh, commitment to Christ right. and, and our values in that regard as as best as, as we can, even mm-hmm. though we recognize sometimes somebody coming from a different background may have you know see things a little differently, but yeah. we're, we can make room for that, yeah. because the ministry is just so important, and uh, and lives have been changed, and, and but we probably get more good out of it than the people uh, we go to help. So. Yeah, 
it's it's a great experience. It is it is a life changing experience. You go out there and you feel like you're going out there to go help, and you're the one that ends up coming back with ministered to. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. the Lord has ministered to you exactly. That's and we awesome. have some other groups. I haven't been, but we have some other groups that I mean, I've been to Mexico, but not with our mission team down there mm-hmm. to Mexico, and then this last year to Costa Rica too. So we've done some things a little closer to home. Uh, take advantage of some of our Spanish speakers, you know, by going yeah. to those places. Yeah, uh, exactly. Not too many of our folks speak uh, Romanian or Russian, so mm-hmm. uh, the Moldova trip, you have to work a little bit to get a few little language things down. So. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning to me before we before we came on the air a little bit about a special ministry that you have on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Right. Uh, specifically for kids, and you've been doing this for quite a while. So. Right. Yeah, I Let forgot for, I forgot to talk about my other staff member, and he's, yeah. he's going to be upset. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's going to demand a raise. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have a little turtle puppet, a ventriloquist puppet, that I use every Sunday morning for our children's uh our, our children's sermon time. Yeah. His name's Timothy, mm-hmm. and he uh, and I have been doing this together for a long time, uh, probably 30 years. Wow. S- started back when I was youth minister at First Baptist Sepulpa. Mm-hmm. I had a, actually had a, a bullfrog t- puppet at the time I named uh, Jeremiah, and one of our teenagers or our college students actually went on a mission trip to Taiwan and wanted to know if she could take Jeremiah with her, and I said, okay. And so when she came back, she said, well, they like Jeremiah over there so much, I just gave him to them. Oh, I hope that's goodness. okay. Wow. <laughs> and so I, I was, you know, what could I say? Yeah. No, I'm going, I want you to go back to Taiwan and get <laughs> Bring <him."> it back. <laughs> but at the, you know, the Lord just provides so well. Yeah. And there was a couple in our church that saw Timothy, this well, a turtle puppet yeah. that I have named Timothy in a, a toy store in Oklahoma City, really. Uh, while, and they said, well, Doug does the the frog puppet maybe he'd do the turtle puppet too mm-hmm. and so they brought him and it, that all happened about the same time so you know the lord just kind of miraculously provided and now timothy and i have been uh, doing children's sermons together for 30 plus years wow and, that is amazing uh, yeah and we've kind of you know some people think i've kind of developed a um, split personality there <laughs> um my music minister always says, you know, that staff meetings are really pleasant, but they know they're in trouble if Timothy ever if comes because he he's the one that tells them the tough stuff, you know. So <laughs> that gets you anyway. off the hook. Yeah, yeah, right. Timothy uh, delivers. I can be a the nice news. guy, yeah. you know. That's Timothy right. can read him the right act. Uh, exactly. Go forward from there. <laughs> well, shout out to Timothy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure right. he's listening. Well, good. He, he'll be glad that we got this worked in. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. So why why the importance? I mean, why really the value in getting together? You do this every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, nine fifteen. Well, we have two services, one at 8 o'clock and one at 10.30. So do you do it twice? Yeah, I do it twice. Every Sunday morning. And you get together with the kids? and you... Right. They come up to the front, and Timothy's in his shell. His, mm. his head, you know, pops out of his shell yeah. when they yell his name. So it's a big de- it's a big thing for the kids. We yeah. count one, two, three, and they yell, Timothy. And yeah. He comes popping out of his shell, and he talks to them. And, uh, you know, my really, my goal for that all along has been that I want, children to have a, a wonderful experience at our church yes. when they come um you know i i just i don't whether i really anticipate being the pastor of crossroads until i retire mm-hmm. which gives me another you know 15 years something like that mm-hmm. uh maybe more i don't know you know depending God on knows. what the, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. uh but regardless of that or or whatever happens you know that that brings about my demise or <laughs> my departure. Um, you know, I really want to hand off a church that is healthy to the next leader, the next generation, whatever. I, 
I just I don't want to let our church become uh, old and stagnant. And so we try to reach out to young families as best we can. And uh, I want our kids to come and have a great positive experience at church. We a lot of our parents tell us that you know their motivation for coming some Sundays is that their kids won't let them off the hook. Yeah, because they love the children's sermon so much. And then we have you know a good program for them in our Bible study time. And uh, that's part of the reason for the new building. It's a gymnasium, multi-purpose building. We plan to have, uh, uh, you know, the basketball stuff we talked about and some other things. But mm-hmm. also we have some big inflatables, and we anticipate having open inflatable night for kids and uh, allow people from the community to just come let their kids play. And uh, we just we want to build bridges to our community and let them see that we love them, let them see that we care about them and, and that they really can fit in that church isn't a scary place yeah. it's not a place where you're going to get judged yeah. or condemned or fussed at or whatever you're going to it's a place where people will accept you wherever you are in your journey of right. trying to uh, find what god has for you uh, all right well life. we've been listening to uh dr uh, doug deal pastor of uh, Crossroads Baptist Church. Why don't you give us, as we close, the address, the phone number, the email, uh, Facebook, I don't know. Where can they find out more? Where are you guys located in San Antonio? Okay, we're right at the corner of Gilbo and Tezel Roads, right across from Cook Stevenson Middle School, which northwest. is out of northwest side, uh, pretty far out northwest there, mm-hmm. uh, moving out in the direction of Helotus. Uh, our address is 8300 Tezel Road, mm-hmm. uh, San Antonio. It's, uh, we're is in the city of San Antonio, mm-hmm. not close to not close to Crossroads Mall, by the way. Okay, we were Crossroads Baptist Church before they were Crossroads Mall. Oh, is that so, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're farther out than that, out yeah. on Bandera Road, or uh, just off Bandera Road. Um, our phone number is two one zero six eight one one nine one one. We have a website, cbcsa.net. dot uh, net. We have, you know, we have Facebook pages, and um, I don't remember the exact. But you are on Facebook. We're on Facebook, yeah. All right. Well, we invite you guys to uh, come out and uh, visit Crossroads Baptist Church, uh, 9.15 a.m. on Sundays, a Bible study, uh, Sunday morning worship service at 8 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m., correct? Correct. Dr. Doug, has been an awesome time having you here. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we pray that uh, your church just is blessed, continues to grow, and reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. God bless. Bless you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've had a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, simply submit your nomination at kslr.com.